Welcome to the Growing Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Ahuva Hirschkop, mother of three, registered dietitian, and permission coach for high-achieving women. I work with women all over the world who want to feel as successful as the world sees them by creating the permission they never needed in the first place to be who they truly are and always have been and change the world in the process. Each week, I'll be sharing personal insights, amazing interviews, and new perspectives, all with the goal of supporting you in understanding the life you want to live and exactly how to get there, no matter how many items currently on your to-do list. If you're ready, then let's dive in. Welcome to another episode. Today, I am joined by Abby, who is one of my favorite people ever. Um, she is a behavioral health therapist, the founder of You the Mother, a coach, and a mother of four, which in and of itself is impressive. For 10 years, Abby has provided direct clinical services to families, as well as write and speak about various parenting and mental health topics. Abby focuses on helping moms to heal from, from motherhood identity issues, burnout, estrangement, and breaking generational trauma. She's committed to supporting, empowering, and connecting with all parents in all seasons of parenthood, by providing accessible information on her podcast, You the Mother podcast, social media platforms, coaching, support groups, and webinars for people all over the world. She's been featured in Pop Sugar, Parents, She Knows, and Romper. It was named a top 50 parenting podcast by Podcast Magazine in 2022. Abby navigates her blended family slash co-parenting life in Cincinnati with her husband, four kids, and two sister lads. So like you have nothing going on. It's pretty boring at my house. God, it's like so quiet. You're just it's so, so bored all the time. I know. I just got off of my own therapy appointment and uh, it's just so loud here. I'm so glad that they're back to school. So my kids are still not back to school. Yeah. We sent them back to their old daycare. Yeah. For a week. And yeah. also I came home the first morning after having them home for yeah. like, you know, a week and a half already. And it was like, this guy had parted and like yeah. were singing. And I was like, yeah, this is the best feeling. We just like, me- we all need to like be in our own routine though. You know, totally. like to be like my kids thrive in their own routine. I thrive when I'm in my routine. So it's like when we're on these breaks where everything's just like shuffled bedtimes are like, well, whatever. Everybody's just kind of in meltdown mode. Totally. But I think they're ready. Yeah. Like I say that to my to parents I'm working with in, in, yeah. in a capacity. And I say it to the women that I'm coaching, the yeah. way that I feel about it is routine gives room for flexibility. Yeah. And just like, there's a word in, in Hebrew that we use, which is just so much better than you could ever say it in English. It's called like, yeah. it's called hefker. Yeah. Like hefker just means like, it's either it's used for, if you've put something down and you're like, this isn't mine anymore. And then like anyone can take it. It's anyone's or like yeah. any time or like everything's just all over the place. Yeah. And that's just what it always feels like when we're out of routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As amazing. So we are getting back into our routine this week and <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths, deep, deep breaths. Yeah. Okay. So how, I would love to hear from you just sort of, you know, how you got into this work even. Yeah. So I started my motherhood journey when I was young. I had an unplanned pregnancy when I was uh, 20 years old. Um, And my oldest is now 12 and a half. It's going to be 13. It's so weird, like being in this other stage of parenthood. Um, But so I was a young mom and 12 years ago when I started my motherhood journey, social media was not what it is today. Um, There wasn't all the parenting gurus on 
Instagram and all these places to plug in online. There wasn't even Facebook mom groups yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and all my peers weren't having babies yet. So I was very much all alone in my start to motherhood and it was lonely. You know, I think that motherhood, we need community. We need one another. And I think that there's a whole other part to that that we can talk about. But um, so I guess like I kind of always knew that this was going to be a passion of mine to provide support, make motherhood a little less alone for others that are walking through motherhood because they think motherhood in general is lonely because yeah. um, then there's like a big age gap in my kids. So I had my first and then my second was six years later. So by the time I had her, there was all of these things to plug into my peers were having babies. Um, you know, I could plug into mommy and me groups, you know, I could feasibly afford those things at that time. Um, and still I felt like motherhood was lonely. So I'm like, what the heck is this about? You know? So it wasn't just that it was this kind of different experience. You know, I think that motherhood in itself is lonely. Um, And so I love that there are spaces online, you know, like mine and yours, where people can plug in and find the support that they need. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of uh, sides to social media, right? Not that I was thinking as you were like, Facebook was a little like, and I'm like, that might have been a nice thing too. I know. And there (laughs) are like, there definitely are like pros and cons, you know, I think that I didn't have anything to compare my motherhood to. Yeah. So like on some ways that was really good to not be caught up in the comparison trap, to not be caught up in, oh my gosh, you have to buy all these things. Your kids have to be involved in everything and all of this stuff that like we really get wrapped up in. Um, I didn't have any of that. So like my anxiety level was a lot less <laughs> during that time. But I also think, you know, we need those spaces where it's like postpartum anxiety girl, I've gone through it too. And you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this was a thing, you know? Um, So I think, you know, we just have to be mindful about what we're consuming as moms. You know, I think that there's such an importance to these platforms, Mm -hmm. but be mindful of who you're following, you know? And and my platform's not going to be for everybody. And, you know, and I'm totally great. That's great. Find what is good for you. Totally. It's it's interesting to me because both of my postpartum, I was going to say both of my postpartum anxieties, which also I could have said, but that's what (laughs) I meant to say. But both of my postpartum experiences were also incredibly isolating. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in an apartment when I had my twins, mm-hmm. I was on three, like third floor walk up. Yeah. Twins and a partner who, you know, was just not around given yeah. work and all the things that people have to do in order for, right. you know, for kids to eat also. And uh, it was incredibly hard for me to get like physically get anywhere with them. Yeah. I had a baby who had colic. He wouldn't sleep. And if I was you know, I was one of those people who was like, wake window to the millisecond, because if I put him down wrong and didn't do his whole routine, yeah. it was a disaster for days. So it wasn't worth it to me, but yeah. I didn't see anyone for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. And then with my third, I found out that I was pregnant the week before COVID was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the week before lockdown. So we yeah. had November, 2020. Yeah. And I didn't see, and like nobody met him until he was a year old. And yeah. so it's interesting to hear, like whether it's having 
you know, babies at a different time than most yeah. of years, or it was yeah. coaching, or it was twins, like circumstantially motherhood, especially in the first couple of years can be incredibly, so lonely. For so yeah. Many yeah. You're so yeah. busy and have so little to show for it. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. All of the diapers in the, in the trash, I guess, are what I did in a day. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say. And that's where I think like our motherhood identity, like crisis kind of comes into as well, you know, like in that entrance to motherhood, it's just so, you know, I think we can read all the books and we can be prepared as we can, but nothing prepares you to what you're about to be thrown into. And I mean that as a first time mom, two, three, four and beyond because, because each experience is different. Um, and like, you have no idea, like, how is this baby going to come in? How am I going to be different after this baby? You know? And so I just think that we kind of get thrown into these things. You're like, oh my gosh, who am I now? Yeah. And we're so badly trying to find our way back when we need to find our way forward. A thousand percent. You know? And, and I get it. You know, I get why we like so badly, like I was good before. So I just want to go back to yeah. those pants that version of myself, you know, that yeah. thinking, my not anxiety problems, you know, I just yeah. want to go back, right? And um, there's no going back. We're different now. But I think it's so interesting because right now we're living in a post-COVID world and seeing yeah, yeah. this at a societal level also, yeah. I think is for me at least, yeah. I I was only aware of my anxiety as anxiety as a postpartum person. Yeah. Right. As a person who had just given birth and was like, oh, I don't think that this level of anxiety that I'm feeling is normal. Yeah. Whatever normal means, you know, major air quotes to normal. Right. Right. But I think it only highlighted what was obviously there before for me, for in my experience. Right. And I think that it's almost like this world that we're living in, in a post COVID world where we're like, we just have to get back to normal. And we're like, "Um, well, if normal couldn't, you know, whatever the normal was, it's not here anymore. Right. Like, and we're yeah. also, you know, we're seeing healthcare collapses and yeah. all, and we're like, that, that normal seemed to have been teetering on a really, you yeah. know, broken infrastructure. Yeah. So, yeah, true. And it sort of just highlights, like, at least for, in my experience, it wasn't, it was the thing that sort of came, brought everything to light. Yeah. Not necessarily the thing that all of a sudden, you know, shattered the, the really, you know, beautiful vase that was yeah and mental health I guess that's a really good like comparison I think but you know we probably didn't come into parenthood with all great things anyway but I think that it is <laughs> it's, it's like our much- healthcare system wasn't always great anyway and that one's exactly like these big spotlights right exactly and I think that you know parenthood does that in so many ways of just shining lights on pieces of you that needs healing pieces of you that needs you know some extra love, some pieces that need better coping skills. I don't know, you know, your mental health struggles, right? Um, yeah, we come into motherhood and it, it turns us upside down. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that's and okay. Think, yeah. We all go through that. That's normal, you know, and yeah. there's some things that we can do to kind of make it a little, I wouldn't say easier, but... <laughs> to help us through right less like a bulldozer <laughs> yeah and I think like the biggest part is just like kind of leaning in yeah 
you know, like, hey, my whole world is being flipped upside down right now. I have no idea who I am or what is being or what I'm going through. But just like kind of being called in and leaning into it and saying, okay, everything is different right now. And now what? Where do I go from here? Right. Because the only way to go is up, you know, and it's kind of like this beautiful opportunity to grow and evolve alongside of our people. Yeah. You know, I think that that's like kind of the like coolest part of motherhood is being able to grow right alongside of them, you know, and kind of laying down this like burden of I'm the mom. I have to have it all together all the time. I have to know everything and be everything. And I just think that that is such an unachievable thing that we place on mothers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be that to I be a good people, mom. Yeah. For the people in my audience, I mean, that was obviously the, you know, the journey that I ended up taking myself yeah. on that I work with clients on also, right? but I say it both as starting as an entrepreneur and in motherhood. Yeah. When- when you come in as a perfectionist and high yeah. achiever, people pleaser and person with no boundaries, which is really every, you know, every one yeah. of my clients is like, check, 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 check. Yeah. You thrive on the rules of the game, mm-hmm. right? Just give me a job description. Just give me exactly what I'm supposed to do. And as you said, even as you might, you know, the, the rules that I mm-hmm. followed for, my twins, what like, and by rules, I mean, what worked for them and what worked yeah. for me. Yeah. Totally different than mm-hmm. when I had my third. Because and those rules evolve during each stage of their life. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so, so much of the, that flexibility and that, and that sort of, you know, let's lean into being able to just naturally evolve with our kids. Yeah. So many of my clients are like, um, that's BS. Give me some rules to follow right now. I need them. Like, just tell me <laughs> that's what the, the rule. The rule. Yeah. How do I do this right? More flexible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And that's hard, right? Because we do kind of want like some kind of game plan. And so I think that that's great. I think, you know, creating some kind of rule or game plan, what's working for you and your kids and not being married to the plan. Totally. That's the rule, right? Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about. Be married to the rule because then they're going to turn from newborn babies into babies, into toddlers, into preschoolers, into big kids. You know what I mean? And so like these rules work until they don't work. Yeah. And then you shake things up and you figure it out and then you're into a different stage (laughs) and it all, you know, it's always, like I said, like you're growing and evolving alongside of them. They're growing and evolving. The rules are growing and evolving. And so having a plan for each stage, but not being married to it when, okay, this isn't working. How are we going to change the rules? That's okay. Right. Totally. And kind of just leaning into what each kid needs, you know? I yeah. think I have four kids and I sit in my therapy and I'm like, this is flipping exhausting because I have four very different people that I'm like, yeah. how am I going to mother these four very different people and it not be unfair or, you know, I'm favoring, you know, how am I just going to show up for who they need me to be? Totally. That's a lot. It, it's That's a lot. I think just saying it's a lot can feel so freeing to so many yeah. people. Yeah. Right? Like just the acknowledgement of you're not doing it wrong. 
you're not broken. You're not defective. You didn't do Mm -hmm. anything wrong. It's not like you're bad at parenting or you're a bad woman and you're a bad mom or you're like a bad, whatever, which I think is a lot of the, the idea. I think that there's a lot of, and for pro, you know, for good and for bad, even all of these spaces that all of us have created where on one hand there's the risk and there's the, the, not even the risk, the reality that sometimes it, it creates these unsustainable expectations. Yeah. I see so many clients who come in and they're like, I've never matched my children in matching outfits in my life. And I'm like, for you. Well, <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I was like, I matched my kids in matching outfits for the first three months of their life because my mental health was so bad that it made me feel like it was at least one thing that I had together. So yeah. if that's the bar that you'd like to, you yeah. know, pay for yourself, that's totally cool. And yeah. then it's never happened since then. But yeah. then there's the other side where there's still this weird secrecy that we all keep as though it's a, it's just supposed to be a secret that any of us are struggling and that mm-hmm. it does take a village and that it's not just an easy thing that you just walk into as a mom and you know magically you have this mother instinct that you're gonna have everything figured out and yeah. it feels like people are still understandably almost afraid to say hey I kind of need some support around this yeah and when we're not going and leaning into that, that like leads to burnout. You know totally. what I mean? Like you will get burnout if you have all these unachievable expectations of yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, I think really looking at, you know, what do I have the capacity for right now? Because that's an always changing, always evolve, you know, right now you might be in the winter months living in the Midwest and like live, raising my hand and you're like, this is like seasonal depression, you know, like just putting on my snowsuit feels like, (laughs) you're just like, the sun doesn't come out for months and it's gray and everything's dead and it's cold and you can't go anywhere. And we're just like back to back sickness. And you're just like the doom and gloom. Right. And so like right now, what is in my capacity? What can I prioritize right now? I need to prioritize moving my body right now so that my mental health isn't in the garbage. I need to get my butt to therapy every week. Um, Maybe my house isn't going to be as clean right now because I don't have the energy for it. Um, Maybe I'm, I don't know, not doing all the crafts and activities with my kids. Maybe we're more like cuddle time right now. And I'm focusing more on sitting and reading with them. You know, what is in your capacity right now that you're not putting yourself into burnout because you're taking on way too much? What can you offload? What can you ask for help with? Can you outsource? You know, we have delivery service for groceries around us, you know, can, can you have your groceries delivered to take that off of your plate? Yeah. You know, cause I think we just like, we do, we put way too much on ourselves and the list gets so long. We talked about like the mental load of motherhood yeah. It's too much. Check in with your husband. You know, I think which is really hard and like a whole separate podcast episode probably. But like with my husband, we started a couple of years ago where we do like a 30 minute check-in. It's not, it's nothing long or fancy every weekend. And we do our meal planning and our grocery list together. We open the calendar and it's like, okay, what meals need to go on what days? Because we have basketball and gymnastics and dance and all the things that we got to run yeah. all these four people to who's running yeah. these four people right? And so I think like really involving your partner in the process 
so that the whole load doesn't fall on you is really yeah. important. Yeah. And it shows them like what the whole process is, right? Yeah. Because I think we just like expect them to know. Totally. And it's not fair. It's not fair that we get like the whole mental load of motherhood. It's not fair. Um, but if we do like bring them in and involve them and be able to like teach them and offload things to them, then we can work together. And we but I love the example that you just gave yeah. because it's yeah. one that I used to talk about all the time yeah. with coaching clients in like specifically home responsibilities, right? Yeah. It's yeah. The example of, you know, you were just saying like four kids, multiple activities, running yeah. people. Who's doing it all? Meal planning, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the perfect almost microcosm of what so many people do in their everyday lives, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to run four people around after school right and then come home for dinner at the last second right that's probably not the day to put like making a pot roast that takes four hours of prep on your meal plan right 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 right. and so often that's what people that's frozen pizza night exactly right it's grilled cheese (laughs) it's like you know like chicken nuggets exactly like it's that's one of those nights but instead we're like probably make a pot roast at some huh. point in that you do day. not have to make your dinners from scratch every freaking night or right. but then we beat ourselves <laughs> up when yeah. you know somehow that four hour activity didn't yeah. happen to get done on a day where also we were running four humans around yeah right and yeah. whether you're doing that literally in your meal planning because I'm sure there are people here who are going to be like oh I literally was planning on making you know an elaborate dinner on the night where there's swimming and dance and hockey and all the things, but that's also so often what we do in, in our own motherhood journey or Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs or as, you know, women in general, it's it's like just that, you know, like I'm going to put this crazy, especially during this time of year where it's, we're we're recording on January 4th, where everybody's just made their resolutions Mm -hmm. and I hear this so often is I set this goal and it's this crazy goal mm-hmm. that I've never even come close to doing. Right. I don't even have, feel like I have 10 minutes in my day, but I'm planning for a goal that takes two hours in a day. Right. And then instead of understanding that that's maybe a goal that was a little bit audacious and never, I never built the ladder up to there. I'm just going to beat myself up for the fact that I didn't accomplish it. Like that right. feels like the thing that I'm going to do. Right. And was that goal even realistic to be setting at this time? And yeah, I know, I know I do. I I agree with you. I think that it's definitely something to implement like across the board, you know, of looking at the calendar. What is in my capacity for this day, this week, this month, this time period, the season of motherhood, the season of my business, right? And, and, I, and communicating it with your support system, you know, and that might not be your partner, you know, it might be your business people that you're in business with. It might be your VA, it might be your, um, your sitters, your mother-in-law, whoever's watching the kids, you know, who is going to be there to support whatever stuff you're tacking on, you know, it's, but it's an always evolve, right? Where it's like, okay, this season right now, you know, it's the dead of winter, mental health sucks. <laughs> the All kids things. are busy in sports, but like, it's too cold to go anywhere, you know, but then you look ahead to spring and spring gets even busier for my kids, right? Spring activities are more here. Um, 
So, you know, you kind of have to start planning ahead for those things. And, but that looks different, you know, and totally. I we just have to. The one thing that I always remind clients of is, and this is just the way that I say it is excitement doesn't always equal capacity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that especially around this time of year, especially mm-hmm. if you are a business owner, or even just if you have personal goals, like you have yeah. things you want to do in life. If you want to run a marathon, if you want to like stop yelling at your kids every night, whatever your goal is, right? Like yeah. those, those are, I don't care if your goal is starting a business. I don't care if it's, I would like to not be a screaming, raging monster. Every time yeah. my kids say no to me getting in the bath, yeah. those are equally as excellent goals, yes, but, it, but it's always important for us, especially for those, you know, I'm, I've never taken some of any of these like personality assessments, but mm-hmm. when I saw the word quick start, I was like, that just thumbs up me and a human. So I'm, <laughs> I, I know that if I took it, that would be it. Yeah. Right. Like I see something and I'm like, I want to do it now. And yeah. my husband's like, it's four in the morning. Could we maybe yeah. wait till the, till and <laughs> the that's how so, give it. <laughs> yeah. so many of my clients are actually, my son came into my bed at five 30 in the morning and he was yeah. like, Hi. and I was like, um, you need to go back to bed now. And he woke up in the morning. He was like, I'm you, I'm upset that you told me to go back to bed. And I was like, that's fine. You can be upset that I told you to go back yeah. to bed. Yeah. But um, you know, really understanding sometimes the excitement, the things that we want to do, the goals that we want to set, mm-hmm. don't always meet our capacity in this this moment right here. Yeah. Right. And learning, I mean, I talk about value-guided decision-making inside the Unapologetic Living Code. I talk about, you know, how we can create frameworks for like getting the things that you want to get done, done, but also recognizing that just because it's something that you want to do doesn't mean you have to then judge yourself when it's not in your capacity today or this season or, you know, in this literal season of motherhood and where you are. Right, right, right. I know. Just be gentle with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of compassion, you know, I think just like constantly coming back, checking in and it's okay that you're not in that season right now. Yeah. I think that compassion is so easy to give to other people, Mm -hmm. right? When we talk about like, you know, like the identities that we hold, yeah, the identities that we have from before motherhood. I think, you know, for me, I was a total total go-getter. Yeah. Um, but also there was, you know, this really big, like I've, you know, told the story many times of, I started working back to work six days after having my third. Yeah. Ask me how I burnt out. Ask me, ask it's, yeah. it's a whole mystery to all of us right? <laughs> with two other little kids in a pandemic. Yeah. Just ask yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and you know, like those identities being able to have those be fluid Mm-hmm. Right, being able to the way that I'm sort of picturing it, because I'm a very visual person as I'm talking about this, is you know, when you hear a a song, right? If somebody's mixing a song, sometimes mm-hmm. they push up, you know, one sound and they push down the other sound, and it doesn't mean that it's gone. Right. It's still in the music. It's just not necessarily the one that's the most prominent. And I think sometimes that can feel so scary mm-hmm. for women, especially you know, learning how to do that almost push up, push down, whether Mm -hmm. it's in seasons of life, whether it's even during the day, right? How to turn down your, you know, almost mom brain so you can focus on your professional endeavors or you can go for coffee with a friend and be a friend and an entrepreneur or an employee or a partner and then learn how to turn it back up without having that fear of, but is it gone? 
right? right? Do I right. need to give up all these other elements of the sound of the music in order to be the mother or to be the entrepreneur? Do I have to choose and learning how to sort of see it as that music going up and down? I think that that's a really good analogy. Um, I literally just thought about it right now. And I was like, Oh, I love that. I love that because (laughs) I think that that's kind of like the motherhood identity, like crisis, right. As there's like grief kind of around mourning, like these pieces of yourself that aren't turned up. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but I used to be so motivated and ambitious and passionate about my job. And now I like, don't even care. And I don't want to go and it's dread or, you know, I don't have the time. I don't have the support to put into my work, you know? And so I think that there's a lot of moms that encounter these, you know, issues, whether it's your career, maybe your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your friends, um, your relationship with your family of origin. And there's a lot of grief when some of these things get turned down and you're not able to give as much because I've got a newborn baby and they take everything out of me. I'm sleep deprived. I'm not eating or drinking my water or taking care of myself, you know, and it's like so hard, you know, or maybe you have multiple kids or the toddler years are a lot, you know, whatever season you're in, I think brings these different pieces. Um, But I do, I think that that's a really good analogy of like the turning up and turning down because it's not that these pieces have like died. They're just not turned up right now. And, and it's okay if your pieces shift and your priorities change. It's okay to go through some grief and say, I used to really, you know, enjoy doing X, Y, Z. And now like, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. And now I have to figure out who the heck am I? Who does this version of Abby, you know, what does she want to do? What does she enjoy? What does her self-care look like? My self-care right now as a mother of four is way different than 20-year-old first-time mom, Abby. You know what I mean? I'm like, I have, my capacity is less. (laughs) Um, My time is less, you know, but it is still so important for me to take care of me so that I can take care of all these people, you know? And so if I'm not prioritizing myself, we're going to be a sinking ship. I'm going to be burnt out. Um, so how do I prioritize myself now? I make sure that I'm having that check-in with my husband where I'm delegating tasks. I'm planning for the week. I'm staying organized, you know, I'm not married to any plans so that when things are a little wonky that week, I'm like, okay, I can easily be flexible and shift to plan B. I get my butt to therapy. I go for my stupid walks for my stupid mental health because I work. I hate walking sometimes. How I feel about working at like exercising. Yeah. I'm like, exercise is not. I don't want to freaking do I just want to be on the couch in a blanket. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, don't do it for me. me. Yeah, but that's not good for me. The mindless scrolling isn't good for me. Following certain people on social media isn't good for me. You know, where I'm getting stuck in the comparison. Yeah. And I was like, I just, you know, know that's like what is good for you. And that is self care, right? To me, like I used to love going for mani petties. I watch the clock so much when I'm getting my nails done now. I'm like so anxious in there. Like I need to be doing all these other things. Like it's not enjoyable for me right now in this season. Yeah. Will I get back to loving being in that chair? I hope so. <laughs> because so I have to go get my toes done. <laughs> yeah. It's like my like one 
yeah, once that's a month, your thing. Like, yeah, I get my nails done, and I like I, I but I used to sit there and just watch the watch clock the clock. I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get the kids. I gotta get yeah. nap time going. I gotta get all this yeah. stuff. Like it's not, but enjoyable. it makes such a difference for me. I had yeah. to learn to bring. It's gonna sound obnoxious. Yeah. Bring my phone with me, yeah, so that I can pop in my earphones, yeah, and watch whatever horrible, like whatever, like smutty yeah. TV on Netflix is yeah. there. And I make like a whole experience out of it once a month because I know that, that, (laughs) that I look at my nails that are currently done for the rest of the month. And I look at my hands and I'm like, and I love it when they're done. Right. I'm like, these are the hands of someone who has their shit together. (laughs) And everything else. Well, mine aren't. (laughs) But but I like look down and I'm like covered in my kids, like breakfast yogurt and like show up on social with like whatever's happening. And I'm like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Okay. Nothing else. It does feel nice. It does feel nice. Like when you have that, you know, but, and that's like the kind of the thing is just like surrendering to that season and what's working for right now, you know, right now going and getting the Manny putty isn't working for me right now. And I miss it. And I want my nails done. Totally. But right now it's causing more stress than I'm getting a return on. Right. And so, I think that's really important. Like that's, that's a like really okay. important to be able yeah. to have with yourself. Yeah. I talk a lot to my clients about like the non-negotiables. Yeah. Yes. And I think sometimes what we fall into is we negotiate the non-negotiables and we're yeah. like dogmatic about the things that don't really matter so much. To us, yeah. Right. Like, and being able to have that question in, you know, one of the modules, which obviously I'm not going to remember now of of the unapologetic living code. It's like, who is that important to? Mm -hmm. And often the things that we're super dogmatic about are things that were important to like our mother or grandmother or friend, or we saw someone on TV or we followed, you know, an influencer who said, (laughs) you absolutely have to do this thing and we're doing it and we're fighting so hard and we don't even care. Yeah. But the things that are really are non-negotiables, which for me, funny enough, like are my nails, either I'm going to do them myself or I'm going to have them done. Right. I just, I need it. It has to happen. Yeah. And like those things are the things that we let slip. It's so and important it's right, that I like, find those things yeah. that are yours though, yeah. because yeah. I think like I reached a burnout, gosh, I don't know, always, but um after one of, I don't know if it was baby number three or baby number four, maybe baby number, maybe in between them, um, where I was exclusively breastfeeding. So that whole thing was on me. I wasn't pumping at all. So feeding this baby was 100% on me day and night. So I'm extremely sleep deprived because I'm the only one up every night. I'm not sharing this load with anybody. Um, And I wasn't taking care of myself at all because I think at the time I was following like a bunch of these yogis that were very like mindfulness and like beautiful, like, I don't know, ambiance, whatever is like how you self-care. And there was like this, I don't even know who this version of Abby (laughs) that had like hijacked my brain during this sleep deprived time was, but she was like, you cannot self-care right now because self-care is waking up like an hour before all your kids wake up Mm -hmm. and sitting in some beautiful mindfulness corner. And there's going to be 
candles and like maybe soft music and your tea and you're meditating or you're like journaling or it's just like so beautiful and then your children wake up and you're this beautiful version of yourself and you're so loving and giving and I'm like this version of me will never exist anyway like because that's not who I am (laughs) but I had like this idea that I for me to self-care I had to wake up before my children yeah I'm also not a morning person never was, never will be probably ever. So, and like when you're up all night, you're not waking up before your children because you're waking up with them because you're, you don't even want to wake up when they're waking up. Totally. So once like I finally surrendered this, I stopped following the beautiful yogi people that I do love so much. Um, but I just like, I'm not going to be that and figuring out, okay, who is Abby right now? (laughs) How can we actually self-care right now? so important but so I do I think that prioritizing who you are right now and it's okay if it takes you a little bit of time to figure out who she is yeah you know and I think that remembering I think that's one of the biggest traps that we fall into is again like this right way thinking mm-hmm. there's a right way to do things whether it's in motherhood anywhere else but especially even in taking care of yourself in motherhood yeah right like if you're going to do it, it has to be waking up at 5 a.m. to exercise. I've tried yeah. doing that so many times because people told said like that was the right way. And I'm like, I am going to kill myself. It will never, it will it's never not going to be a thing. No. And the funny thing is, is that the way that I work, yeah. I can actually, if I want to on days where my kids aren't waking up in the middle of the night and, and all yeah. that, I can wake up and, and work, do work yeah. from 5.30 to seven o'clock when my kids will wake up. And then take that hour and exercise later in the day, right? Yeah. And it was so funny the first time that I did that. And I was like, huh, this there's another way me. waking up early. This works for me. You don't have to exercise. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to use this time. And it was yeah. like such a mind, like so silly, mind blown moment yeah. that there isn't only, and I think that's like throughout this entire podcast, throughout everything that I do, the one thing that I always want people to know is we need to stop looking for the right way as though there's one, you know, yellow brick road that we're all going to follow. And it's just yeah. going to lead us to our exact perfect life and yeah. start building the confidence to just find your own right way. Yeah. Really I agree. I know. And just, yeah. And being gentle with yourself along the way. Yeah. Because sometimes it's a journey to figure out who the heck you are now what's going to work now. And this is like, you know, on always evolve, right? I think we're always evolving and changing and what works for us isn't going to work for us in six months, a year, two years, you know, and that's okay. That's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Totally. I think that when you set, like I mentioned before, you know, I do value guided Mm decision-making is I think sometimes we get so very religious about the what yeah without ever really questioning like what the why we're trying to meet is yeah. right I say that with with any goal that you're setting especially now if you're setting new year's resolutions right if you want to run three times a week why is that if you want to start a business why is that right all of those things I think that the flexibility and the being gentle comes with understanding that the why often stays constant mm-hmm. right like 
why, because it's important to take care of myself. It's important to prioritize me mm-hmm. is very different than I have to run three times a week, right? In yeah. certain seasons of life, that could be running three times a week. That could be taking five minutes to be able to drink a cup of coffee yeah. by yourself with quiet at some point in the day. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so if we shift a little bit less from, you know, the, what we're actually doing to why we're doing it. Like what's the need we're trying to meet? What's the value we're trying to meet? Yeah. Why are we doing this thing? It becomes so much easier to almost let go of things when they're just not going to work in this season of life and right. still find other ways to meet that. Why? Right. I so agree. Yeah. I feel like we just covered like a whole masterclass in early. <laughs> we could do a masterclass on this. Masterclass on this. Yeah. And I think it would be, it's necessary for everyone uh, who you know, is feeling like they are the only one who is struggling. Yeah. Um, just because knowing it's that. hard, you know, and I, and we're all just like going through our own unique experience while it's also like the shared experience. Yes. I think that that's like where the comparison trap gets really hard. And it's like, but she's figuring it out so much easier than me when you don't see like behind closed doors, how long that's taken her to get yeah. this routine going, you know, and what's working for her doesn't work for the next mom, you know? So while we're all in motherhood and we're all going through the same thing, it's all so different and we're different. Yeah. And so it gets hard and that, you know, of course we get stuck in that comparison trap when it looks yeah. so easy for our next door neighbor and it doesn't for us. Totally. It's not easy for anybody. I promise. Yeah, exactly. No matter <laughs> I, how- I hear from hundreds of thousands of women every single day and it is yeah. not easy for any of us. Yeah. It's a grind. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And doesn't mean you don't love your kids and doesn't mean you're not doing a great job. Yeah. Just- you're a good mom right where you are. Even if you're feel like you're struggling along and let just like, oh, white knuckling it through the season. Some yeah. seasons are like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some seasons are just going to be Some like seasons. That. And it's nice to just know it's all temporary. Yeah. <sighs> Every yeah. season is temporary. Yeah. That newborn stage ends. That toddler stage ends. So if you are in a stage where it's just like, this is so brutal, there will will be be a different stage coming. Yeah. 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 Well, Abby, thank you for sharing your expertise and experience and all the things. Um, If people want to find you and learn more, where can they do that? Yeah. So you can find me wherever you're listening to this podcast over at you, the mother podcast. Um, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at you, the mother. Um, I offer coaching and support groups. I offer support groups on rediscovering yourself in motherhood identity. So you can get connected with other women to feel a little less alone. Um, I do that monthly. You can sign up for those over at you, the if support groups aren't your thing, I do one-on-one coaching as well. Um, I also have a lot of content around estrangement. So if you are dealing with hard family stuff while mothering, I see you. Um, I have a lot of content and services around that as well over at youthemother.com. And you talk so much about like the grief that comes yeah. with yeah. healing as you're yep. trying to raise little yep. humans, which yep. I think whether it's estrangement or mm-hmm anything else is really, yeah. it's 
so hard so, so hard. heavy yeah i see you so yeah come get support and okay. be in community with us Absolutely. yeah okay well abby thank you for joining me today thank you so much for having me this was so fun i'll never we talk about <laughs> bye bye Thanks for listening to Growing Empowered Eaters. Before you go, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star review and take a screenshot and send it to me over on Instagram and my handle at ahuva, A-H-U-V-A-R-D, so that I can say a proper thank you for joining me on this mission to Growing Empowered Eaters.